Well, it is good to see you. Thanks for uh, making worship an important part of your week. Uh, as we know, this is just the beginning of our worship. Uh, worship actually begins and continues once we walk out the doors. And uh, so this is just an opportunity for God to speak to you and to speak to me and say, what do you want me to hear and what, what am I supposed to do about it? One of the things that we are always saying is that we want to say, what does God's Word have to say? And how do we align our lives to it and do what it says? So we've been in the book of Colossians. We're still there. Colossians chapter 4, page 1185. If you, brought, if you need a Bible, it's in the seat pockets in front of you. So last week, uh, Pastor Troy spoke on Colossians 4, 5 to 6. And I'm so grateful for that because... All of, all of Colossians, but in particular, Colossians 4 has such a powerful drive for what the church needs to be. And I love it because I think it de- describes New Covenant. Colossians 4, 5 to 6, Troy talked about this. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. In other words, what it's saying is we are not called to be cultural warriors. We're called to be cultural missionaries. The other people are not the enemy. Society wants us to divide and say, if you believe this and I can't, and you don't believe this or whatever, then there's this, uh, this litmus test. And God has placed everyone, if you've, if you've made a commitment to Jesus Christ, he's placed you exactly where you are and has placed people around you that don't know Jesus, and their best opportunity is for you to be able to share Jesus with them. And in this passage talks about that. It's saying the, the other side is not the enemy. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full, full of grace, seasoned with salt. So there's truth, truth in, involved with grace, so that you may know how to answer everyone. If we conclude our culture is too far gone to turn back, we will stop doing the things that promote the renewal that we so desperately need. God is not scratching his head. God is not freaking out. God is new from the foundation earth that we would be at this very time. And so we would want to, want to join him in his work. Okay, so brace yourself. Look at Colossians 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verses 2 to 4. It is a game changer in terms of prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Okay, let's look at the word devote. We are to devote ourselves to prayer. Devote isn't a passive word. It's an active word. It is not sitting back waiting, but devoting is there's, there's movement. And here's, here's the definition of devote that comes from Strong's dictionary, Greek dictionary. To give unremitting care. To be steadfastly attentive. To persevere and not faint. To be in constant readiness. And so what it talks about 
is we're to be this kind of a person who is giving unremitted care, steadfastly attentive, to persevere and not faint, to be constant readiness in our prayer. So let's define prayer. Prayer is abandoning your place in the center of your world and daily surrendering that place to God alone as an act of heartfelt worship. Have a great week. We could stop right here. We won't. But we could. We could stop right here and talk about that prayer is abandoning your place in the center of your world and daily surrendering that place to God alone as an act of heartfelt worship. It is an emptying of the hands, not a collection in the hands. Again, nothing wrong with prayer, with asking for the, for the supplies. There's absolutely nothing wrong with, at all with that. None whatsoever. In fact, at the end of the service, we were going to pray for healing for people that so desperately need to know uh, healing in their lives, whether it's physical, emotional, financial, whatever, whatever healing you need. So there's nothing wrong with that. First Peter 5, 7, cast all you care upon God. But if it, all it is is asking, if all we do is give God our supply list, then it becomes genie Jesus to us. And we're not in favor of that. That is not the gospel. It's an emptying of the hand, not a grasping of the hands. So let's define what prayer is. Prayer is surrender to the reality that there is someone more ultimate than you. That's why we come to worship. That's why we, 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 we spend time in prayer on a daily basis. That's why we get into God's Word. It's a reminder that there is someone more ultimate than you because it's, it's so easy for us to shrink our world simply to our field of hopes and dreams and daily concerns and our personal wants, needs, and feelings. But prayer is surrender to the worldview of the first four words in the Bible. In the beginning, God. And fill in the rest. In the beginning, God. When in all, everything rises and falls, it comes back to that God is in control. That he can redeem anything that he allows. That he can bring beauty out of ashes. So prayer is a reminder that we come back to say, the reality, there's someone more ultimate than me. And so we come to God with our prayers and say, God, you alone are in control. Number two, prayer is a surrender to the reality that life isn't just about you. We kind of talked about that. It's, it's a bowing in reverence to God. Number three, prayer is surrender to the reality that you need help. The Midwestern phrase that I tend to hear is, if it's to be, it's up to me. Don't ask for help. But prayer is surrender to the reality that we do need help. We are not autonomous. We're not self-sufficient. We weren't designed to live independent lives. And that's what Adam and Eve and then the rest of us do. We try to make life work apart from God. And that's self-sufficiency, saying It's all right, I've got it, I'll take it from here. We were not designed to live independent lives. We cannot be what we were made to be or do what we've been called to do without the personal, gracious, and continuous intervention of the one who made us. That's why it's so important, and I I would say early in the morning, but sometime during the day, when you spend time alone with God and you recognize God, I, 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 I surrender all. 
What a great song. Number four, prayer is surrendered to the reality that there is wisdom greater than ours. If anyone likes wisdom, let him ask of God. It tells us that life is not found in our limited understanding, but in surrendering our lives to the care of the one whose understanding spans from before origin to beyond destiny and includes everything in between. You ought to take a screenshot of that and be reminded It's a reminder of the one whose understanding spans before origin to beyond destiny and everything in between. We need need a a 30,000-foot view view of of life, and that's, that's what prayer does. We'll talk about that next week. Number five, prayer is the surrender of your right to live as you choose. We've been created to live inside God's boundaries. That's why it's so important that we know what God's word says so that we align our lives to it and don't just go with every whim of society. We understand that it's, it, it, it's our surrender of our right to live as we choose. Last of all, prayer is surrender of your hopes to God's grace. That we come to a place and say, God, this is what I desire, this is what I need, and I, I give it to you, I, I I surrender all. So let's tie it all together. If we're to devote ourselves to prayer, if we're to give unremitting care and focus to that, that there is someone more ultimate than you, that life isn't just about you, that you need help, that there's wisdom greater than ours, to surrender your your right to live as you choose and to surrender your hopes to God's grace. That's what we are devoting ourselves to, those things. Well, he moves on. Paul doesn't stop and devote yourselves to prayer. Notice what he says. Being watchful and thankful. Now, remember where Paul is. Paul is in jail. That was not on his to-do list. That was not when he gave God his plan for his life. I'm sure it wasn't to be in jail. And many of us, in fact, everybody in this room, because we live in a fallen world, things happen. And so our plans for what we thought was going to happen may not happen because God has, has other plans and going to use plans in other ways. So it says, be watchful and thankful. Again, watchful is not a passive word. It's looking for the presence of God. It means to be active and be thankful. Again, not just for what God has done, but for what God will do. Our prayers should reflect gratitude, trust. So the the beauty of this is nothing is off the table when it comes to God. If it matters to you, it matters to Him. We're in the hands of a loving Father. So we don't have this distant Father at all and, and... Perhaps it seems as if God is so busy taking care of the universe and all of the issues in the world that what worries us, uh, God doesn't care. But God sees you. He cares about you. He wants you to go to him. He's got huge plans for you. In a few minutes, we're going to baptize Hadley Elwanger. Before the foundation of earth, he knew Hadley would be born. He had his, had his sights on her and wanted her to give, give her life to Jesus. And she has done that, and so she now begins to be in the 
the life of a, of a missionary, so to speak, of saying, what does God want to do in my life? What is he, how has he gifted me? God sees, God cares. He wants us to go to him about everything because he loves and cares for us. Ann Voskamp put it this way, the only reason we fail to pray is because we've made an idol out of something other than God. We've talked about horizontal hope. The only thing that prevents me from praying more, it's me. God says, cast all your care upon me. Okay. The doors are locked because verses 3 and 4 are going to really cause you some consternation. Paul, who's in prison, chained and unable to go and do what he wanted to do, and pray for us too, here it is, that God may open the door of our prison? No. Man. That God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Paul's basically say, know God through prayer and make him known through whatever circumstance your life is in. Know God, keep knowing, keep growing, keep growing, and make him known wherever you are. Pray that the door for the message would be found. He's in chains. His ultimate desire was to preach the gospel while he's in chains. God allowed him to be in jail. He did. God could have kept him out. But for whatever reason, it was to God's glory that God was going to use him in, in the jail. Now, this is going to be a tension we live with in a few minutes when we pray for healing. Brace yourself because God has allowed whatever we're bringing to him, God has allowed it, but we have to decide, do we believe that God can redeem it? And according to God's word, he can. Romans eight twenty eight. God causes all things to work together. All things, whatever you're facing, he's causes all things to work together for good, to bring beauty out of ashes to those who love him and seek him. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for healing, absolutely. But we're not going to be just limited to physical or emotional or spiritual, whatever healing it is. We're going to broaden it and say, God, would you do much more than just bring healing? Would you oh, give me opportunity to leverage this for kingdom purposes? Wherever God has us. For pray for something bigger than just the initial healing. Paul saw his trial not as a hindrance to spreading the good news of Christ. But rather as an opportunity to continue his mission in a new and unexpected way. Trusting that God will redeem what he has allowed. Wow. And so we're going to, to challenge all of us, me included, to see our present trials not as a hindrance for what God wants to do, but as an opportunity for God to do bigger things. I don't know if this season has felt like a hindrance to you, 
Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you had plans of moving off to college and that didn't work and you're stuck in your parents' basement. (laughs) Believe me, your parents don't want you there either. (laughs) But God can even redeem the basement. He so desires that you would give your heart to him. He sees you and me and wants to meet us right where we are. And if we're willing, he will use it for his glory as well. That's called kingdom living. Okay, let me bring some relief. Psalm 46, 1 to 3. You thought when I said bring relief, I was going to say in closing. Not yet. Psalm 46, verse verse 3. God is our refuge. He's he's the place to which we flee. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. The word trouble is tumultuous. Always ready to help in in, in, in tumultuous times. So we won't fear when the earthquakes come. When the mountains crumble into the sea. And then I love this from the psalmist. So bring it on. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as waters surge. Bring it on. Because God is our very present help in tumultuous times. He's our refuge. He's our strength. He's, our, he's, our, he's in our presence. So may we see our circumstances as a platform to share Christ in new and unconventional ways. Wherever he has you, he's placed you there as a missionary, so to speak, to bring the presence of Jesus wherever you are. Whatever season you're in, whatever tumultuous season you're in, that you come in and say, God, I want to I live a kingdom life. I want you to redeem this, and I want, it, want you to use it in ways that I, that I would be unconventional. So, New Cub, don't pull up the drawbridge because we're in tumultuous times. Don't pull up the drawbridge because our society is freaking out. Let the drawbridge down because we're to be light and salt and hope to people who don't know better, who don't have a biblical worldview. And we're to do it with gentleness and softness, speaking the truth, but speaking it in love. In closing, Colossians 1, 9 to 11. So how, how and what to pray? What, what do we do here? So we've not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. So look, look, look how we pray. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. The psalmist says, you don't know because you don't know the scriptures. So we, we, we know the scriptures. That's, that's how we come to know the knowledge of God's will. And to give us spiritual wisdom and understanding. Wisdom that is beyond just the immediate. A, a 30,000, give perspective would be the best way. 
then the way you live, here it is, God, may, may my life always be an honor and please you. May your lives produce every kind of good fruit. See, he's not through with us. He's not, he's not through with you. And the evil one says, you've coasted long enough and God's, there's no hope for you. It's too late to turn. It's never too late to turn to Jesus on this side of eternity. And all the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you'll be strengthened with all his glorious power. Remember, this is coming from a guy sitting in jail, so he understands. We also pray that you'll be strengthened. He, Paul needed to be strengthened with God's glorious power, and that would have all endurance and patience that you need. And last of all, may you be filled with joy. How can you be filled with joy? Well, my word, you put your, your life in the hands of the one who created the universe, beginning and end, and everything in between. So here's a challenge prayer that I would like to throw towards your way. I'm not asking you to pray it right now, but I'm asking you to consider it. It's worth taking a shot of. Screenshot. Dear Lord, I thank you for all I am, weak and empty on the outside, but powerful and full on the inside. How? Live through me in a way that brings, Je- brings Jesus and joy to the world around me. Whether by my success or suffering, whether by my health or my illness and pain, whether in my life or death, you be glorified. So show me how to labor to this end and then strengthen me to do so. Allow me to play the part you intend in bringing all things into subjection to your loving authority and power. Amen. Can you imagine what would happen in your life and my life if we prayed this and meant that? So here's a a way that I would like for all of us to respond this week, actually this month. We always give a version study. But I've been uh, struck over the last, actually it's taken me two months to get through it, And I've shared some of them with you. It's called Kingdom Prayers. It's a game-changing prayer driver. And I would challenge you to do Kingdom Prayers. It's written by Curtis Sargent, who is an international missionary, international mission board uh, missionary, who's seen the depths of life. And it's, it's a game-changing. Karen and I have been reading it uh, most every morning. And sometimes we just get to the second sentence and we stop. It's, it's, it's a game-changer. I would challenge you to do that. Also, as you leave this morning uh, out in the uh, gathering space, there's a, an 8.5 by 11 sheet 
that are just prayer verses that I just pray on a daily basis. So let me tell you how we're going to end this. This is going to be awesome. James 5, 14 to 16. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders, the leaders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And the Lord will raise him up. If he sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It says, any of you sick? The word in the Greek means weak. So it covers a multitude of issues. Are any of you weak? He talks about then lean into community. That's where it is. I've, I've said this before, but we, we tend, when we, when we pull the drawbridge into just, just myself, I start talking crazy talk, and I start believing it. That's for the power of community to keep, keep us lined up saying, no, this is what, let me challenge what you've said. So is there, is there some secret in the oil that we're going to use today? No. Oil was used as, uh, as a medicinal purposes. It was a symbol of God's presence, God's giftedness, God's empowerment. It was a ceremonial symbol of God's presence. And also they would, for preparation day, for certain for public activities and special events, they would put it on one's head. And it's just a recognition that there's something greater than myself. And it's the presence of God. Now, will everybody be healed? No. Not physically or emotionally. Not everybody. If This verse cannot mean that every physical sickness will be healed. That suggests we'd never die. But in some cases, God chooses to bring immediate healing. And that's what we're going to pray for. For immediate healing, whatever your need is. We're going to pray for that. And we're going to pray something bigger than that. And I'm not giving God an out. I'm challenging us to be bigger kingdom people than just saying, meet my need or I'm out of here. That God would redeem whatever he allows, that God would redeem it. My prayer is that you would do this. As we sing this next song, I'd like for all of you to take a prayer card. And I'd like for you to write out what you need prayed for, what healing you are looking for. And you can do one of two things if you're not going to stay for the for prayer time after service. Be sure you turn it in where we give our offerings. Those online, uh, there's a prayer button for you to do that. And we want to send this to our prayer team. We have uh, probably 55, 60 people that pray daily for the needs that come in. And so... We want to pray for healing for you. And those of you that stay and want prayer, we'll have stations lined up. And you can take your prayer card and hand it to the prayer leader. And they will anoint you with oil and they will pray over you.
but allow this next song, the power of community, the power of God's presence, allow God to speak to you as you write out your prayer concerns.